Welcome to Away From The Keyboard. We give you a glimpse into the lives, interests, and tech behind today's technologists. Please join our hosts, Cecil Phillip and Richie Rump, as we get away from the keyboard. Welcome to Away From The Keyboard, where technologists tell their stories of how they started, how they grew, how they learned, and how they unwind. My name is Richie Rump, and joining me is my co-host, Cecil Phillip. How are you doing today, Cecil? Pretty good, Richie. It feels like we've recorded this one a long time ago, man. I'm glad we're finally getting it out. But you know what they say, right? Like, good things come to those who wait. And I definitely think this one was was worth the wait. So. Yeah, we try not to let you keep waiting. But you know what? We have <laughs> schedules and lives and families, too. So <laughs> That is but true, too. And speaking of families, I know I've mentioned this before, but my daughter is a competitive soccer player. She's 11. And it still boggles my mind what this 11-year-old has to do just to play soccer. So this year, she's going 11 v. 11, okay? So the big soccer field and all that stuff. And she had to try out, right? And this is something they normally do, but it's usually a lot easier. But man, there's competition out there for these these elite clubs that she's trying to go for. And um, it's something else, man. I mean, you would think that there's pro contracts on the line here and all the nervousness from the parents and, you know, trying to get into these clubs. But relax, (laughs) They're just 11 years old people. <laughs> just calm down. It's going to be okay. You know, there's going to be no college scholarship at the end of the end of the uh, tryout season. And you know, I'd swear that for a lot of parents, they take like their kids' like sports lives just as seriously as they're like they were getting like you know a NBA scholarship or contract or something like that. Like that, this is super competitive. 100. Uh, percent My daughter was in a three-on-three friendly tournament. She was paired up with some other girls that we didn't know from another elite club. And I swear to you, in the finals where they were playing against boys, these are girls against boys, very good girls against some very good boys that my daughter actually played futsal with. So she knew them. The parents were getting upset. They were yelling at the other parents. And then they were yelling at the ref. And then they were yelling at the opponent coach. And then they were yelling at the, the boys that were beating their daughters. Oh my gosh. I was appalled. Just appalled. And it's like, you know what? Calm down. It's a friendly tournament. It's a piece of plastic that they'll get around their neck. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that they played and have fun. That's it. And hopefully they got better. But goodness i mean calm down people jeez and you know people love to compete like regardless of whatever it is right like people are by nature tend to be pretty competitive and so i'm wondering now if it's because of the pandemic too that folks have been at home and they've had a little bit of you know that bottled up energy and now they get a chance to come out and they're like everyone's gonna have it you're gonna get it you're gonna get it you're gonna get it i'm gonna let this energy out and i'm gonna let it out here on the sidelines of the soccer field I don't know. Maybe um, I, I I did have this anxiety attack when I had to call my daughter's club director yesterday to kind of talk about you know her situation and getting acceptance to other clubs and things like that. And I had this panic attack of calling this guy I've had multiple conversations with. It's like, oh, what am I going to say? What if I say something wrong? Oh my gosh! And I'm like, it, it's just a phone call. I, I'm not 11 years old trying to call a girl I like, right? right. But I just haven't had much interactions with other human beings as normally as I'd like for over a year. And it's like, I just, I freaked out. It's the whole thing that has been going on. is just so strange. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But I want to tell you about something I've been doing too. Um, Kind of talking about kids and stuff like that. 
So we have Disney Plus, one of the the subscription services that we yeah. we have. And one of the things I really like about Disney Plus is that I could spend time with my son going back through some of the old shows and cartoons that I used to watch. Oh yeah. So we've been watching like Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, like all of that stuff, DuckTales, all of that. Let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. So this particular week, um, we started watching the Newsies. Now, for folks that don't know the Newsies, uh, I think this came out in 92, and it's a Disney musical. Uh, I think Christian Bale and some other actors you might might know. A young Christian Bale. Very, very young Christian Bale. And just listening to the music and the choreography, and it's it so takes me back to way back before I was in the United States that I was living in Antigua. And like I'm having all of this, like these nostalgic memories about like what was going on and what was I doing, and you know the little I don't know 15 inch TV <laughs> that, <laughs> that we were looking at that only had so many colors. But for me, it's just so beautiful to be able to share those type of things with my son, and then also see him get excited about watching them. It's just I don't. It's, we've been having a lot of fun, kind of going through that old catalog and watching some songs, and um, and now too he's been listening to the soundtrack, nice. so. On Spotify, another streaming service that I pay for. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what we do, right? So now he finds the soundtrack and he's like, you know, Alexa, play the song. You know what I mean? And so he just has it on loop, just listening to the soundtrack and playing it. And, and we're all just, you know, being silly and dancing in the house. And, you know, I don't know. It's just a lot of good energy, man. It's, it's, it's been really cool. You, you know, what's, what's, what's strange is that what you see as kid nostalgia, I had, was already in college Right. So my <laughs> Disney nostalgia is like Apple Dumpling Gang and Peach Dragon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that yeah, I is saw my those two. that's my Disney nostalgia. <laughs> the, but I saw those two. I, I don't know if I'm trying to remember if I saw Peach Dragon on there. I know I looked for it. I gotta I, I gotta saw go pick it those in up. the theaters, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Escape to Witch Mountain. That's another one. There you that go. Was, that was a good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. So who are we talking to today? So today we're talking to April Spates. April is an author and developer advocate based in Beverly Hills, California. April began her professional career in the luxury fashion industry as a menswear stylist and visual merchandiser. She later transitioned into the tech industry as a project manager and systems analyst. In August 2020, she published Bite Size Python, an introduction to Python programming. She's currently a senior cloud advocate with the Spatial Computing Technology Team at Microsoft. This episode was recorded on January 21st, 2021. And now our conversation with April Spate. And now, away from the keyboard's feature conversation. So April, I've been trying to get you on the show for a really long time. And I know your schedule is super busy and I really appreciate you being able to Carve some time out to come in and chat with us today. Oh, no problem. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I know you recently recovering from some some physical injuries. Are you are you good? Are you doing much better? Uh, not quite injuries. It was one of those things where it's like, we're not doing anything right now. So I might as well have these surgeries. They're, they're more so preventive surgeries for my feet. <laughs> Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm good now. I haven't tried running yet. One of these days, hopefully I, I feel brave enough to try running, but I've just been walking, um, for about three miles at a time to just make sure my feet don't tire too much. So that's what I've been up to physically at least. 
And I know a lot of our guests are probably thinking, well, what are they talking about? And who is this person, right? So <laughs> why, don't we, why don't we kick it off and you tell us a little bit about who is April exactly? Hi, everyone. My name is April Spate. I come from the world of luxury fashion many, many, many years ago. I was I was a menswear stylist and a visual merchandiser for about six years. And then from there, I transitioned into tech and I've been working in tech ever since. I currently work in the area of spatial computing, so I don't necessarily live in reality as most, as most folks do. I like to be within the virtual world. And that's me at in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. <laughs> and I love what you say in a nutshell, because for, for anyone that's listening that may know you and follow some of your social accounts, like you you do so many different things. And I kind of want to touch yes. on a little bit of each of those things, because in and them themselves, I think those are all things that I've never done and never tried out. And and definitely, I'm sure other folks would love to to learn about. Now, I remember when I first met you, and I think that was, I want to say, two years ago. I think. Was it at camp? Is that where like I officially in person got to meet you? Was that camp? No, remember we met, we were at um, the Cheesecake Factory oh, no. that day. Oh, yes. Yes, that was back. for, was that Bill? I think it was that Bill. That was Bill. Yes. I think it was yes. Bill. We met at the Cheesecake Factory and we were at this that table with like a lot of just, just a lot of different folks. Yes, and yes. I remember, I, me and you started talking in at the table because you'd mentioned like some of your workout routines. And I think we started talking about it and eating habits and stuff like that. Yes. yes and then that's when it came out that you said you used to do bodybuilding. And I was yes, just like, I did. Ah! <laughs> so I'm, I'm, been, I'm totally curious about how, how did you even get into bodybuilding and, and what was even that experience like for you? It all started in 2012. 20, no, 2013, I want to say, I was fresh out of a divorce. And at that point in my life, I had lost a lot of weight from it. And that was actually around the time where I transitioned into tech. So the company I worked with, or the organization I worked with, we had a in-house personal trainer, because they were really big on making sure that we were all healthy and such. And so the personal trainer and I, we worked together to get myself back to um, a more standard weight for my age and like my height and such. And once I got back to a healthy weight, I was like, all right, what's next? <laughs> so um, that's when I started learning more about the world of bodybuilding. I knew about it a little bit some years prior. It was when I was in college. And it, since it's a very expensive sport, I didn't have the funds as a college student to do it. But once I got my, my first big girl job, I was like, okay, I have a little bit of money now to actually try this out. So um, I that's how I pretty much got into doing bodybuilding. And I did it for, I want to say about two years, maybe before, um, before I kindly stopped doing it and um, got away from being on the stage. Have you always been a pretty physically active person? Yeah. Um, ever since elementary school, I want to say fourth grade, fifth grade, we used to do these two mile runs. Um, they were like literally around the elementary school. And that's when I really had an idea of my physical abilities uh, because myself, uh, one of my friends, and I think it might have been one other person, but I know myself and another of my friends, he and I would try to beat each other's score. I mean, I could never beat his score. He does like a wonderful two mile run. But ever since then, um, since I was able to like keep pace with his, especially starting in elementary school, it really kicked off a lot of the other things 
things I've done. So I've been a competitive dancer. I've done tap and ballet. I also did track and field. So I was a mid-distance runner. Um, So I did 200s. I also did 400 meter. I could do an 800. And then I long and triple jumped as well. And then once I got into college, I did rugby. And I want to say rugby, oh, and I did cheerleading too. So I want to say rugby was probably one of the like last sports I officially did. Now, when I can run, I just run a nice little teeny tiny 5k <laughs> every so often just to, uh, you know, keep keep things in shape. I feel like I just learned so much more about you than I have <laughs> in, the past, <laughs> in the past two or three years that I've known you. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. And I was in um, Army ROTC when I did rugby. And unfortunately, it was a liability because, as you know, with rugby, we don't wear pads, we don't wear helmets, and uh, it's very easy to get hurt in that sport. But it was fun while it lasted, but I had to, um, unfortunately, end my teeny tiny <laughs> rugby career for the sake of not getting hurt and then not being able to do PT over in Army ROTC. Wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So, so now I want to know about rugby too, right? Because yeah, <laughs> like rugby for me is one of those terrifying sports for me. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like I look at rugby and I'm like I want to live to see tomorrow, so I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah. But. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll purely be a spectator. I'm never going to jump in and be like, oh, I want to play. Yeah, so rugby's pretty cool. And since I haven't done it in so long, I'm not too familiar with all the different positions. But for me personally, and really anyone that plays, when you're roughly, um, I want to say roughly my size, because that's pretty much the norm for the position that I played, and you're super fast because I can run really fast, that position typically doesn't really get tackled, I want to say, um, especially with the speed that you can run down the field, but you can always expect to get tackled. And honestly, I felt like if you played a rugby game and you didn't come out with a bruise, then you really didn't play the game. So... <laughs> So it's um, it was a lot of fun. For me, the best thing was playing when it was either raining or just finished raining because, as we all know, the ground hurts. So if you fall on like dry ground, that really hurts. But if you fall in mud, it's way softer. So yeah, it was it was really fun. I remember in one game, my contact rolled all the way into like the back of my eye, and like mid game, oh. my coach had to like dig in there and get it so I can keep oh. playing. No, <laughs> no, 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 God, no. Yeah, fun times, and we were you know all women's team, so it was it was really great being around these all these other women who really really liked the sport. Um, practice was interesting because it was kind of like if you watch a football practice, we would like run into each other and tackle each other and like hit each other. So it was uh, it was a fun time, I would say. I really enjoyed it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I know I know for me that the most contact I got was in was in basketball. And mm-hmm. we were always just like, oh, foul, foul. He touched me. Foul. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have this this uh, I have a daughter that's just playing that plays soccer and very mm-hmm. at a very competitive level for her age, mm-hmm. and they're they're brutal. I mean, yeah, they are brutal. And um, just imagine rugby at that level. Oh my gosh, no! Yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun though. Um, you never know what you're going to get because everyone on the field we all ranged in uh, you know strength 
And that can really make for an interesting game when you're up against someone that's like way stronger and has much more of a larger impact <laughs> than, than you do. Wow. Yeah. So with the sport being as physical as, as it is, I can only mm-hmm. imagine the type of like mental toughness you got to have yeah. to be yeah. like, I want to continue playing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's every sport that I've done, honestly. Right. And I'm kind of wondering, like, what was that first hit like for you? Like when you first got like run into, were you less like, oh boy, I don't know about this, man. I'm going to, you know, or were you like, okay, um, I can do this. I can keep going. So to make a, uh, well, to provide more context, I grew up with, um, I have an older brother, two older brothers, but I grew up with one of them around that time. We're talking about early nineties. Like that's when folks really watched wrestling. Right. So because I was a little sister, not a little brother, I got to instead be the person that got to do the wrestling (laughs) moves with him. So, um, definitely at that point, not to sound like it was not an abusive situation, but like I was that person getting like body slammed and such. So, you know, you kind of just get used to it because it was like all done and fun. And I grew up as a tomboy as well. So um, I really didn't become more feminine, if you will, until I got to middle school. So, you know, my very early years, I I was like a tomboy and uh, that carried on over into my adult years now. So it doesn't, it's it's not much um, that will, like something will start to hurt. I have a very high pain tolerance. But for that very first like rugby hit, it was just kind of like, oh, that's what it feels like. All right, I can do this again. So that's how it was for me, just coming just from my upbringing, I would say, of uh, playing with my brother a lot. All right. All right. So, so you, you said you used to watch <laughs> wrestling in the 90s, and there's so much great stuff from the 90s in wrestling. I went to the University of Miami, and we, my wife and I only watched wrestling because of The Rock. That was it. It was like... you. He's, he's one of us. He's he's a hurricane. So, yeah. like, what were, who were your favorite 90s wrestlers? For me, the only one that I really liked was The Undertaker. And if my memory serves <laughs> me right, I remember at, like, one point, he, like, quote, unquote, died. And then, like, he came back or whatever. And, like... <laughs> That's the only wrestler that, like, growing up that I actually liked. I mean, my brother watched it way more than I did. But for those moments that I would tune in with him, that was my favorite wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) They were so silly. I mean, they honestly were so silly. (laughs) Yes, definitely. You can't beat the man from Death Valley, man. That's all I'm going to say. Man from Death Valley. (laughs) That reminds me, too, of growing up. Like me and my dad spent a lot of time together watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like when I think about growing up and like this, you know, the quality time, it was yeah. either playing Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo or uh-huh. we were watching wrestling. Like those are the two things that we always did. Yeah. And we watched so much of it until my dad realized it wasn't real. And then he just like stopped. The cold <laughs> He's like, this is nonsense. I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. At some point you realize that. And I think because early on, I knew that it wasn't real. I naturally progressed to wanting to try uh, boxing. And I remember I kept trying to ask my mom to sign me up for it and she refused. So I never got a chance to do boxing. That That's that's my one sport regret I have in life is that I never got a chance to to do boxing at all. But now you tell me that you've done wrestling. You telling me that you do bodybuilding. As a child. Kind of makes sense. As a child. 
Yeah. So, so he's going to ask you to cut a promo right now. Right. <laughs> Google, I'm looking at you, Google. <laughs> AWS, you can't take none of this. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. Imagine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But but now this whole bodybuilding thing just makes sense now. I'm like, oh, okay. I yeah. Know. You know yeah. I mean? Because you kind yeah. of have that energy in you for a little bit, I feel like. Yeah, you know, and it's, uh, you know, I'm getting older now. I'm 30. So uh, some of that energy is still there. But I also, uh, I ache now when I do certain things. <laughs> it only gets worse from there. I hear. Yep. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about what was that world of, like stepping into that world of competitive bodybuilding for the first time yeah. like for you? There was a lot to learn, I would say. And it's one of those sports where you really have to be comfortable being half naked because at the end of the day, that's what we pretty much were on stage was half naked. Like imagine just, it's not even imagine, like it is wearing a bikini on stage, which we refer to as our suit. For that part, I was okay. I was fine with that. But one thing that I feel like if you don't have the tough skin for, it can really break you down, which is criticism. Because uh, at least the time when I was doing it, most of the judges were men. You know, it's a whole bunch of us women lined up on stage. And now we have all these men judging <laughs> our bodies based on whatever the current standard is for whatever division that you uh, competed in. I really liked it. It was really a fun time to get all glitz and glam because uh, you do all the hair, you do all the makeup, um, you go off and pretty much show off all this hard work that you've been doing for the past couple of months. And then, you know, at the end you get a trophy, which is really, really nice. Um, there's some cool trophies. One of my, two of my trophies were swords, which was like really, really nice. Ooh. But I will say, aside from being on the stage, it's the the eating part that was not my favorite because I had to cut out a lot of things that I really enjoyed. The primary thing is seasoning because I love to season food. So um, <laughs> I had I, I was I would literally be driving in my car eating like a plain white potato, um, just oh. like that. Nothing nothing good added to it. Same with like salmon, for example, ground beef as well. Uh, so like we ate, but it just wasn't the, the taste that, you know, that would be preferred to go along with it. For me, I'm not a sweets person, so I didn't mind giving that up. But seasoning is what I gave up. <laughs> oh, there are so many jokes running through my head that I'm going to refrain from right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, but it, you know what was also good as we get older, if you haven't necessarily formed very strong friendship circles, or let's say you at least once upon a time had them, and then people get older and people kind of you know separate from one another, being part of that world and joining a team like what I did, it really gives you this new opportunity to meet more people because as we get older, realistically, where are we making friends? It's either at work um, or any sort of extracurriculars that we do because you just can't walk outside and say, hey, random person, you want to be my friend? Like that's just a little awkward. But when you're a part of these organizations, these communities, if you will, these clubs, if you will, it makes forming new friendships um, really great. And for people who have a difficult time making friends in their adult life, this that was a really good chance to make more friends. I'm only assuming that was the case listening from other people who had ran into that as they got older. 
But for me, it just added even like more friends from, uh, you know, more areas of the country, which was really cool because now I didn't just have my friend circle where I live, but I also had friends in other states, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I think definitely when I think about you, like you're very energetic and welcoming type person. <laughs> yeah. But I know everyone doesn't have that level of... Yeah, comfort. Comfort, right? Comfort. I'll, I'll, I'll use that word, yeah. Right, comfort reaching out and just connecting with people like just very in a very impromptu way. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm always going to talk about, particularly now, right? Yeah. Now that we're in the state that we're in, I think mm-hmm. it's going to start affecting people that much more. And yeah. you know, for folks that are listening and when you're listening to it, you know, in 2021 or sometime in the future, it's so important that all of us try and find a way to get back to that sense of normal, even though life isn't normal. But we got to try and feel normal by, like mm-hmm. like you said, reaching out to family members or mm-hmm. you know, old friends and classmates. Or, you know, just people that you feel that you could have comfortable conversation with. Because yeah. the mental the mental health effect of, of what we're going through now is going to last a really long time. Yeah, which is definitely true. And I will say for me, I'm more of an ambivert rather than an introvert or an extrovert. I'm a little bit of both. Like realistically, I could sit here in this house and not talk to anyone (laughs) for a year. (laughs) I know that sounds bad, but I would actually be okay with that. But I like to pop my head up and interact with people when I feel like I'm up for socializing. I'm one of those people, whereas if I know I'm about to go interact at an event, I need time um, in advance to mentally prepare myself for that. It's just that my energy, I'm always full of energy, but then when it's come when it comes time to, you know, socially interact, I start feeling like, okay, people are sucking the energy out of me now. I need to go sit in a corner and just chill out. So um, I know not everyone operates that way. And I'm not saying how I am is healthy either. But uh, for those who are a bit more social, I've seen how it's really eating away at them that they can't interact. And unfortunately, that's why we see so many folks that are, you know, traveling, going on vacations. People are still holding COVID parties is what I'm calling them. And it's like, I, it's like you got to find at some point that motivation is not the right word, but I'm going to use it. That sort of like motivation to really be mindful of how you are still physically interacting with people. But I like to be optimistic. I feel like at some point we'll be back into we'll be back in a place where we can physically socialize with one another. But for now, everything's virtual. Everything's over the phone. Everything's through video chat. So that's where we're at right now. But I think the sooner we all start to come together and more to be consistent with how we're interacting versus doing it physically, the sooner we can get to a point like some of these other countries that are seeing things turn around. So it's just like, we got to be patient with each other and patient with where things are right now. That's me on my little soapbox about COVID, but I'm going to get off that soapbox now. (laughs) We agree with you. We agree with you. And you know what? I'm going to compare this to, and it might be a very harsh comparison, but in my mind, this is the same concept. People, I feel, who may have COVID or do have COVID, I feel like they're not always as honest about it. Um, They're not 
necessarily, you know, the first to volunteer when they go to get checked in somewhere like, yeah, I've been having, you know, high temperatures and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like, unfortunately, people are more so keeping it to themselves, similar to what we see in the area of STDs and STIs, for example. It's one of those things where if you, and for for some people, not everyone, because some people are more honest, but it's like, oh, I have this thing but I don't want to tell anyone about it because I still want to live life as though everything's, uh, you know, A-OK right now. And I think that's very, very, very unfortunate because it is definitely putting people at risk. So I just hope that as people do find out, um, unfortunately, that they that they have COVID, even if they're not showing any symptoms, be honest about it. Let, you know, don't don't go out and, and still, you know, go to the store and go shopping because now you're hurting the essential workers, for example. Don't don't go engage in different activities that involve other people because you never know how it's going to affect the people that are around you. So I feel like be honest if you have any symptoms or if you just even test it positive. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And, and yeah. even for the folks that don't have it, mm-hmm. I would I would highly suggest that you all believe in science. Oh yes. Because science, yes. it turns out science is a real thing. Yes, it is. And you know what? When I when I um when I did my uh, conversation with Bill Nye last year, like that was one thing he stressed is like science is there for a reason. Believe in science, and it's true. It's true. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I am rewinding the record. A little healthy scratch. Rewind it. <laughs> Bill Nye, what? Yes. Oh, he's a lovely man, but he's very passionate about science. And that's a good thing. Um, Last year, Twilio, just like every other company, transitioned their um, annual conference online, which is Signal. And Bill Nye was always slated to be the the, uh, celebrity speaker, if you will, when it was going to be done in person. So they transitioned it online. Myself, uh, two of my best friends, and then there was one more person that joined. We got to engage in a conversation with Bill Nye. And uh, it was cool because I happen to be a member of the Planetary Society and that's his organization. Ah, And so I got to like tell him about it. And um, I knew he was going to wear his Planetary Society pin because he always wears it every time he does anything. And I wore mine too. And we bonded over that. But uh, he's a very, very nice man, I will say. It was fun talking with him. I love Bill Nye. I, I'm not even going to hide it. <laughs> he's, he's amazing. He is. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing you at that conference. So that Twilio mm-hmm. conference was streamed on Twitch, I remember. Yeah. And there was just so much good energy. And then when Bill mm-hmm. Nye came on, I think everyone was just like, this is like a mic drop moment, right? Like, this is it. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no conference that can ever top the conference. <laughs> ever. Like, that. that's it. Yeah. And like... This is also random, but I was very proud of this moment. It was, was it late last year or early this year? Um, when LeVar Burton, he retweeted one of my tweets and I was like, that's it. Life is complete. I'm good to go from here. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Puka Jordy. Thank you. <laughs> right, pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, I, it's like meeting your childhood heroes. And for me, it's all the like, quote unquote, like nerd culture heroes that I'm always the most happiest to meet. And it's, it's a very surreal moment. Listen, I love LeVar Burton. I follow yes. LeVar Burton. He's yes. amazing. But he his is. daughter is even more amazing. 
Oh, Mika wow. Curtin is a wonderful human being. I've never met her or anything like that. I just follow yeah. her on socials and stuff, but it's like, yeah. you know, I guess good human beings produce good human beings. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. I'm trying to think about how can, how can I follow up that, that Bill Nye conversation? That's a tough one to follow. Um, yeah. <laughs> We should just end the podcast now. Like, oh, well, that's it. <laughs> I, mean, we, I mean, what else could we possibly talk about now? Bill, um, let's see. Bill Nye, LeVar Burton, who would be in the trifecta? Have you dealt with Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson at all? I mean, that-, <laughs> that would be cool. No, I haven't. I don't, I don't think anyone else has come to that level of I mean there's people since like I live since I live in um you know this LA area I've seen celebrities here and there and I've had a chance to you know chat with some here and there but I'm not comparing any of them to Bill Nye or LeVar Burton (laughs) at all they have very high pedestals in in my in my mind so (laughs) so so April one thing I want to do I kind of want to circle back around to you Mm -hmm. I love talking about Mm -hmm. Bill Nye but I want to talk about April yeah Okay. And, <laughs> and I'm sure Bill and I would understand. We we love him too. Yes. One of the things that I really appreciate about you is like the level of creativity that you have. Mm-hmm. And I know on your socials, you post a lot about the different types of dresses that you make and fashion yeah. that you create. And yeah. again, for me, that's another one of those things where I look at you and I'm like, I don't even know how to begin to do that. Like I can sew a button on a shirt or that's good. Drops off my pants or something. But yeah. I'm like, you make whole outfits and dresses and shirts yeah. and stuff. Like, 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 I don't even know. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So for me, it all started out of a place of uh, inspiration and curiosity. My mom and I, we took a trip to Canada years ago. I think I was in maybe the eighth grade. And while on that trip, we were like in the room being lazy watching TV. And that was the first time I saw Project Runway. And I was just in awe at the fact that there's a show where designers are literally designing and it's all fashion. And ever since then I wanted a sewing machine. So that Christmas, she actually got me a sewing machine and a couple of different supplies. And from there, it's when I started learning. But for me, I started backwards compared to what most folks do. So typically when you start to learn how to sew, you usually use a pattern of some sort and I couldn't figure out patterns. So I started just doing my own thing and I started designing on my own. So that's why I say it was a very backwards thing, but um, it was good because when I, when I would meet people and tell them that I sew like long ago, I'm like, yeah, I just do my own thing. And they're just like, wait, what? And I'm like, yeah, I, I can't use patterns. I don't understand, <laughs> I don't understand them. And then now um, that I've gotten older, I've since uh, got to a point where I've been more patient with following actual patterns. And it does make a big difference. But when it comes to sewing, I tell everyone the sewing part's easy. You're literally just running it through a machine. You're just sitting there and just pushing fabric through a machine. The difficult part is the cutting and the pinning of everything. That part is very difficult because it is very easy to cut something incorrectly. It's very easy to pin the wrong piece to each other, which I've done plenty of times. But the actual running it through the machine, so long as you can put, you know, so long as you can just 
move your hands up, <laughs> guiding it through the machine. That's the sewing part. It's all the prep work that makes it seem even way more difficult. I and mean, it's true. All the prep you do for it is a very labor intensive thing. I, I can't sew a whole anything in one day. That's impossible. I have to break it up over days because after a while, if you do something for too long, you start getting sloppy. So it takes me about three days to really sew anything. Sometimes it takes me, you know, a week. I know when people do their hobbies or you know, mm-hmm. they create art or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They usually mm-hmm. have like some motivation behind it, right? Yeah. Whether it's just, again, like artistic expression or you have a particular message that you want to to put out or or maybe there's just some energy that you just need to like just get out and you need to put it on something. What would mm-hmm. you say is your motivation for doing something like this and learning how to like create your own designs and fashion? It comes out of necessity, <laughs> Because I'll, um, I'll I'll sit here and I'm like, I want a new coat. I'm going to go make a coat. <laughs> so, you know, it, it comes more so from, from me wanting things and realizing there's no point in going to the store to go buy one when I can just create it my own and really customize it how I want it to be. And uh, that's actually what happened recently when I made my most recent coat. But then there's other th- situations, like before I had my foot, my foot surgeries, I knew I needed something just to lounge around in the house and I, I didn't want to go spend, you know, X amount of dollars on loungewear. So I said, I'll just make all my, you know, all my stuff I'm going to wear around the house. And that's what I did. So um, I shop a lot, I will say. And from seeing what's available, what's what's um, the different brands are, author, are offering, I look and I'm just like, oh, I really want that but I don't want to spend the money on it. And it looks like I can probably make it. And then I just go and make it. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Richie's speechless, man. You see what you did, April? (laughs) That's like such a developer attitude, right? It's like, oh, I'd like to see that software. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, the only difference is, is that we go off and do it. We spend a couple nights and we're like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'll just pay for it. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's where it differs a little bit. Because, you know, with... With fabric, you don't want to waste that. Um, (laughs) At that point, you just threw money down the drain because it's kind of hard to salvage anything once you start cutting into it. And like even now, my next project is going to be a robe because I just want a second robe to wear um, around the house that's a little longer than the one that I um, have currently. And then after I do that, I'm transitioning back over into making shoes because there's different shoes that I want. So instead of me going to buy more, I can just make them here. Are you a sneakerhead? Not a sneakerhead. However, um, I will say uh, I got introduced to the world of Yeezys last year. And then I went and uh, bought my first pair uh, at one of those stores where you can sell sneakers and also buy them, like the resales. So I got my first pair. And then as I was getting ready for my foot surgeries, I knew that I'd be wearing sneakers for a long time. So then I bought two more pairs of Yeezys. So then (laughs) I I went on, is it it StockX? Is that the website? Yeah. Yeah. You could tell like I'm not a sneakerhead because I'm like pronouncing things like I don't know what they are. But I went on that website. um, I found two more, got those. And when it comes to sneakers or really like any shoes in general, I try to be minimal in the sense that I don't buy like a bunch of something. I try to I try to get just the just the amount I need to pair with different outfits. So 
for example, when I recently got some white sneakers, um, I knew I needed at least two good pair that I can rely on because we know how white sneakers are. You mess up yep. one pair before you get a chance to wash it. You like don't have white sneakers. So I bought two. Um, and then my Yeezys are the only other sneakers I have outside of my running shoes. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm recovering sneakerhead. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, do, I'll dip my toe in every once in a while. It's like, oh, look, yeah. there's a new pair of Jordan. There's a Jordan 5 they re-released. And I'll go and grab that or something else. And then my wife yeah. yells at me. And then I don't do it again for another year or two. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, it's it's not a world I'm too familiar with. But I have worked with some guys who are sneakerheads. And whenever I'm at the point now, if like, I even think about something, like when I, even when I was buying my Yeezys, I have a guy that I consulted with for everything. And he would tell me like which ones were good, which ones weren't. And uh, I, I literally followed his advice. And apparently he made a good choice because now whenever I wear them out in public, you know, people will notice and they like them. And I'm like, yes, I'm glad I listened to him. <laughs> so, so, you know, the inauguration was yesterday, right? Yes. And, and I my, saw the Dior Jordan oh ones. Oh, my God. My Twitter, my Twitter feed went nuts. I mean, it was just like, yeah. who's that dude with the Dior Jordan ones? And yeah. I mean, literally people were, were, were going and investigating who this guy is real time so they yeah. could figure out who was the dude with the Dior ones. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, so I, I live here in Beverly Hills and I'm like down the street from Rodeo Drive. And every so often we would head over to Rodeo and um, and either just walk around or if I had to go pick up something at one of the stores. And I remember when that um, when those shoes dropped, the line at Dior oh, was crazy. Yep. Yeah. Everyone was lined up for it. But just side tangent, because fashion is such a big part of my life, I'm very happy with the new administration we have because I tweeted yesterday on Twitter, but fashion is back, which is great <laughs> because we're, we're going to see so much more, um, you know, reporting from different fashion, um, you know, outlets of who's wearing what. And like, even yesterday was a very big moment for all of the mm -hmm. women. You know, it's one of those things when you're really into like fashion, um, you notice things like I even tweeted yesterday, someone had, people are making comments about the brooch that Lady Gaga wore. And I'm just like, Y'all don't know who made that brooch. That is, that was, um, oh my gosh, I'm about to say the name wrong. It's uh, Schiaparelli. And that came out last year, like the newest line that they have. And I've been obsessing with the entire collection. And I'm just <laughs> like, you all don't know what you have just been blessed with on TV. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, more, more, more fashion as we, uh, we see more things addressed. <laughs> over oh, the next four years oh yeah you know the vp is gonna bring it she's, oh yes it's, it's, she's, yeah. i mean she's gonna spend every opportunity just to, just to bring it it's gonna be it's gonna yes. be pretty amazing i mean it's not gonna be i don't think it's gonna be michelle amazing but yeah it's, it's gonna be pretty good it'll be good enough and like one side other tangent i mentioned this this morning on twitter and i only found out because um it was posted on instagram first but my grad school i went to savannah college of art and design and Everything that um, there was like different pieces of things that other people wore to the inauguration or there was like photographers, they were all SCAD graduates. And I'm just like, what, what in the world? How crazy is that? Like the school that I went to, there's all these different people who took part in the inauguration, whether it was whether it was a designer that someone was wearing or like a stylist or um 
you know, so on and so forth. And that was just really cool to see. But uh, yeah, I had to throw that little tangent out there too. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Got to rep for the alma mater a little bit, right? I feel that. Yeah, have to, you have to. So I know I keep going on tangents. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. This is a show of tangents. This is what yeah, we do. That, yeah. we, do we go yeah, on no, tangents. You're, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> this, is, this, is it. this is the show. This is the show that we yeah. go on tangents for sure. Yeah. Um, but April, I know we're, we're going to start wrapping up in a little bit. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a couple of questions I still want to make sure that I get yeah. to ask you. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just going to ask you two of these at the same time. Yeah. Now, with, with all the stuff that I've seen you do, mm-hmm. like you're constantly doing new things, I yeah. want to know, how does it feel like for you to always be the new person? Like you're always starting, you're always the beginner, you're always the learner. Because yeah. that's a question we get a lot in our field, right? Is how do, mm-hmm. I, how do I get start with this topic in technology and that topic or whatever the case is? But for you, like you're always doing that though. Yeah. And um, a lot of it stems from my childhood. Everything comes from childhood. Like I always say to my boyfriend, when people act the way they are, I'm like, see, came from childhood. But (laughs) it started in my childhood. I grew up with parents that more or less let me really do whatever I wanted from a, um, I want to try this thing. And like, they were there to let me do it, which I think is really, really great. Um, it really made a big difference because I I tried so many things out as I was a child. And then as I got older, because I had that mentality that, oh, I can try whatever I want, it just carried over into my adulthood. And that's where I, I still mentally am now. So for me to try something new every so often, it feels normal for me. It just feels like it's another thing that I that I just naturally do. And I'm also the type to, it takes a lot to make me feel like I'm dumb or I don't know what I'm doing. I am very self-aware of where I am on my journey of doing things. So I like to ask questions. I don't feel like anything that I don't understand is one of those things where I'm afraid to speak up about not knowing it. Like, I'll let you know if I don't know something. I, I will let you know so I don't have to pretend that I do. But I think having that mentality helps a lot because it doesn't um, it, it doesn't stop me from not trying things. It actually encourages me to try as many things as I want. And at the end of the day, we only have this one life that we're living and either, you know, I can get to my, my nineties and, uh, I'm saying that cause like my great grandmother just turned a hundred. So I feel like I'm a last for a while. So like I can get to my nineties and feel like, Oh, I didn't do X, Y, Z in life. That's too late. Or I can look back and say, yeah, I tried all these things. Some worked, some didn't work. I feel satisfied. So for me, it's it's just a great feeling to you know always be that new person, I would say. And what would you say your next thing that you're going to try out is going to be? Yeah, it's not quite a new thing. It's something I'm reviving. I'm starting back up the the clothing line that I started in 2019. So I've been doing a lot of the prep work behind the sea, the scenes, just got my LLC yesterday. So I'm a big girl now. And it's been really fun designing the stuff that I want to do. This time around, I'm going all out. And that's the part that's going to be newer for me. I'm doing the photo shoots. I am um, I'm doing all the designs, uh, custom like the graphics and such. I am even down to like the packaging that I'm sending out. I'm trying to make it as uh, give that like, oh my gosh, this is a real brand feel versus that she just went and got some gilded shirt and put a design on top and mailed it out. Like, no, I'm running this as though it's a real 
um, you know, fashion brand. I really feel happy for that because uh, in grad school, I got my master's in luxury and fashion management and running a fashion brand was like the bulk of what we did um, in that program. So I feel like, yes, all that money did not go to waste now because now I'm using all um, everything that I learned. Once I'm done writing my second book in April, that's all I'm doing is just focusing on that, running that, um, that brand. So April, yes. I got to ask you this question that we asked yeah. all of our guests. And that question is, what do you do when you're away from the keyboard? Yeah, I like watching uh, cult documentaries and murder mysteries. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thing. Um, it's funny. There's a there's a TikTok that someone made where they're like laid up in bed. It's late at night. And it was just like me falling asleep to murder, you know, documentaries. And it's like all this graphic stuff being yeah. said. And they're just like sleeping like a baby. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, that's me. I find it so fascinating because it's nice, not nice, but it's like it's nice to see how the human mind works. It's very interesting for me to see how people, how they, uh, I'm losing my, my train of thought with my words, but how people perceive things, how people accept things, how people think, especially with cults, which I, I really love watching cult documentaries because one common thing you always hear is the people who join cults are usually super intelligent people. And like, you know, they're not, they're not dumb, stupid, you know, you know, idiotic people. They're like very smart people, but somehow they get sucked into these cults. And I'm just like, at what point was the turning point for them to realize this is a good idea, you know, and and same with, um, you know, with true crime documentaries, which I also feel like is like a preparation for if anyone ever tried to kidnap me or kill me, like I know what to do. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's literally how I spend my spend my free time, and I think it's one of the coolest hobbies that I have. <laughs> I, I'm going to admit, I, I kind of forgot that this was happening today. And so yeah. um, as I was sat down, I got my lunch. I, I put in the new episode of Snap Judgment, the, the podcast. Yeah. And they're yeah. talking about Heaven's Gate for the next yes! episodes. Yes. You should watch the documentary, too. It was really yes. good. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to vibe into it because it's about 10 minutes in. And then, yeah. and then, and Cecil pops up. Pop, you ready? And I'm like, Yeah, man, yeah. So I'm getting, it, getting it straight now, man. Yep. Yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> yep. Time to go to work, man. Let's get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? And the thing is, once you mention it to someone that that's what you're into watching, you'd be surprised at how many other people are also very much into that as well. I, I mean, I just find it fascinating. But I started watching the Night Stalker. Um, series that's on Netflix right now. And I, I haven't made it to the end of the second episode because like I said, I live in Southern California and everywhere they were mentioning in the documentary, it's like places I have driven to, places that are not that far <laughs> from where I live. And I'm like, I know this happened in the eighties, but this is still creepy. So, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll make it through it. I, I'll say, but yeah, that's, that's my jam. I, I love doing that. Yeah, like the only reason I have HBO Max was one for the new Wonder Woman movie and two for all their documentaries, their two true crime documentaries. Yes. Like that's yes. it. Yeah. So yeah. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> you know, I have this visual of you 
sleeping on a couch, knocked out with like all yep. this graphic stuff on television. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're pretty much and your partner walking by being like, Yep, that's April. <laughs> yeah, he he won't watch any of it with me. And I'm just like, how could you not want to watch this? And like my dad's the same way. He'll also watch all like the true crime documentaries. I think I probably got it from him. But uh yeah, it's, you know, I feel like people like watching TV, right? And that happens to be what I like to tune into. <laughs> sure, sure. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. We'd like to thank April for being a guest on the show. It was great to have the opportunity to chat with her. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a comment on the website at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Also remember to check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Joris and Cecil at Cecil Phillip. You can subscribe to the show via the website, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or on iTunes. Next on Away From The Keyboard, we'll have Chloe Condon. Oh, yeah. Chloe's also a big Disney fan, too. So yeah, that be, I was going to say, talk about cool. old Disney, man. We do talk about old Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good one. We'll see you then. Bye. Peace. We want to thank you for listening to Away From The Keyboard. As a reminder, we will have new episodes each and every week. You can interact with us on Twitter at AFTK Podcast or at awayfromthekeyboard.com. Hasta luego! Well, hey, April, this is this has been amazing. Um, like I said in the beginning, I feel like I know you so much better. We've been working yeah. together for a couple of years now, and I'm just like, well, who is this person that I'm talking to? <laughs> and I feel like there's still so much more, you know, that 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 people people don't know. I'd probably need a month to like offload everything <laughs> about me. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. But if people want to, I mean, they could always follow you on your social accounts, you're on Twitter, yep. or Instagram, and all the things that are social. And so if they want to reach out to you, yeah. we'll make sure we have those links that they could uh, they could reach out. Yep, I'll be there. All right, well, thank you, April. And this has been a pleasure. Yes, thank you both for having me. So are, are you sure you don't want to like end with one, one of those wrestling promos? They to say <laughs> I was about Jaffe, to get... <laughs> yes. Andy Jaffe, I'm coming for you. You can't run for me, Andy. I got you. You're going to oh go down. <laughs> I'll I'll spare the audience <laughs> for my wrestling voice, <laughs> yes, yes. but it kind of makes me think of like the monster truck, like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a whole seat, but you'll only need yeah. the edge. Yeah, the nineties are great, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for everyone that uh, you know have made it this far <laughs> in the episode. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was great. That was a good episode. Yes. Um, all right, all right. I'm stopping so we can upload. Okay.